here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome, everybody, to Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron here. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Jeff Hawkins to get in a lot of topics, including Raw from this week. We're going to be talking about my visit to the NXT and WWE Performance Center as well. Uh, We'll keep that for the end of the show. There will be possible spoilers based on the NXT TV taping. So if you're not really wanting to be spoiled by anything that happens in NXT over the next couple of months, you can skip that. But we will be talking and diving into my visit to the WWE Performance Center. Uh, Had about two hours down there last Friday. Kind of get a tour of the place, ask some questions. Got a lot of time with head coach Bill DeMott to go over really anything and everything with the WWE Performance Center. Uh, So we'll get into that. If later on you listen to that and maybe some questions pop up, you can send any questions about the Performance Center to me at Shake Them Ropes, and we'll go over them on next week's show. So we'll be talking about all of that and more on this week's Shake Them Ropes. We'll be back with Jeff in just a moment. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise. And now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProRisuShop.com That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U Shop.com ProRisuShop.com everybody and welcome to shake them ropes it is another week here in 2014 what are we at the uh, end of september end of september jeff jeff hawkins with me rob mccarran here again jeff how are you today i'm waiting through all this hate mail over my sting argument <laughs> feedback wise feedback wise Actually, I got a couple of nice things saying nice job on my end. So oh, yeah. well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take the compliment. Sometimes it's hard to be the uh, to be the pro on a side where there's just you're up against a lot of people on the other side, a uh, especially of... a lot of people on the other side are so vocal about it. So obviously you were pro sting. We got a lot of feedback that were, uh, you know, breaking down some of the points you made as anyone would do in a good debate. And yes. A lot on the uh, the anti sting side for the Hall of Fame. But there were it, some on your side. Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I I try, 
you don't take it personally, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? You made some good points. I just don't see Sting as a Hall of Famer. And then they'll name someone where you just go, how are you possibly going to make the case for that guy? And, and I guess that's part of the fun of this season. Yeah, I mean, everything's objective. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer. No, there is right and wrong answers, okay. Rob. Okay. I'm just, just kidding. I would, I would say the feedback was probably 70-30 in favor of those uh, not voting Sting in the Hall of Fame. Which would make sense because Sting gets about 30% of the observer vote for the Hall of Fame. So you're going to get that. It it seemed to fit with how the voting patterns have been. Again, I will, I will just say that I think they, a lot of people set the bar far too high for North America. And also, I just think context. There's something missing here because, I, I don't know, for, I mean, as, as we said last week, it's a guttural instinct for us where it's just like almost a no brainer. And then now you're almost trying to find a reason not to let a guy in. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, but uh, it is a new week. It is a new week. If you would like to go check out our uh, discussion uh, an our hour long discussion on shake them ropes, a special sting edition for the hall of fame, you can go uh, check out our feed at shake them ropes or voices of wrestling.com. You can check out that show. Um, yeah, I, uh, I completed my ballot and I sent it in to Dave Meltzer. My ballot is officially done for the Mm -hmm. Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Again, we won't go through it until the voting period ends and that ends in about five days. So on a future show sometime in October before Dave actually uh, releases the Hall of Fame inductions, we'll, uh, we'll talk about. I voted for far fewer people than I figured I would though. Yeah, you said you had changed your ballot somewhat from what you originally thought. Well, I figured I would. I mean, I first look at it. Are some of these public domain arguments getting to you? Not so much the arguments. One, a big big motivating factor was I ended up not voting in a category where I assumed I would. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know everyone on the ballot, and I wasn't... I just wasn't familiar with everyone. So... Instead of knowing eight out of the ten names on the ballot and going with who I thought out of those eight were good enough, I decided just to not vote in that category at all. That's a very honest and upright position to take, Rob McCarron. Yeah, so I, I didn't vote, <laughs> and that was the uh, that was the Japanese category. So I figured there were a couple in there that I was for sure voting for that would make up my ten, and I ended up not voting in that category, and thus I did not end up having ten names on my ballot. I came up short of 10 so i did not use everyone i didn't want to fill it out you know add in names that i thought were on the cusp just to get to 10 either oh so i uh i voted how i would in a baseball hall of fame because i'm not one who's gonna fill up the entire ballot just because i have 10 spots Mm. yeah so, so you can all guess who i voted for in the hall of fame and you can you can tweet us at shake them ropes if anyone out there can guess the names that I voted in the Hall of Fame, I will give them a prize because I'm that Mo- confident they Mula, will not. AJ it w- Styles. <laughs> it will be a big. It will be a big prize. It will oh. be a big prize if you can f- correctly guess the names that I put in the Hall of Fame. You will get a prize valued at over one hundred dollars. So go. Are you being Are you being serious? Sure. Why not? Because no one's going to guess the names I put in. <laughs> you never know the exact names. Now we'll have someone tweet us a hundred different responses thinking oh, one yeah. combination will be correct. Oh yeah, it's like playing the lotto. Yes. Um I guess I could always just say I say that no one got it right. Oh, even man. if they did. But I no, I'm honest. I'm an honest fellow. 
Mm. I'm an honest fellow. So yes, I send in my ballot. It is completely done. I can't have any take backs. No more arguments for or against somebody. It's all completed. The ballot process is over for me this year. Until next year. Until next year. But let's go when ahead. Hopefully, I can get a ballot. Yeah, well, I don't know. After the sting argument, I don't know if. Oh, you put me up to it, you son of a. All right, let's continue. <laughs> I uh, I will say that you will be happy with at least one of my votes. Oh, good. Well, but which one I'll... is it? Ooh. Oh, I I think I know which one it is, but uh, but yeah. I'd, I'd much rather be happier with two. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna what punch you, gonna you in the face. Last night's raw got. A bump in the ratings, over 4 million viewers for the show. Yeah, uh, I think uh, once the game became a blowout, people started turning over. Well, not so much the game. There was a lot of competition last night on broadcast television. That's and, true. And competition in recent years that they haven't been getting. I mean, Big Bang Theory now uh, competes in the first hour of Raw, and that's Gotham. a juggernaut on CBS. Yeah, Gotham is a Gotham is big hit. It's uh, somewhat of a hit uh, for yeah. Fox. It's uh, The Blacklist. Uh, episode two of this season aired, and then you had the premiere of Castle. I mean, there were a lot of TV shows on broadcast that went up head-to-head with Raw last night, not to mention Monday Night Football that had the Patriots in it. So there were big star power going up, and they they did better. And some are uh, putting that on the back of Mr. Dean Ambrose being back. Of course, you had Hulk Hogan announced for the show last night on Mm -hmm. Raw, so they had somewhat uh, somewhat of a star power there. Do you think there was any possible... Oh, let's say curiosity to the place nope. that Raw nope. took place in. No, you don't think so at all. Not no. at all. No one thinks D- CM Punk is coming back anymore. No, but maybe just to see how they handle it. No, because we've already had, I think, two shows, two live shows already in Chicago since CM Punk's departure. Maybe okay. three. I know we had Payback and we had a Raw there once. Uh, so at least those two shows. This is the third time. You could even tell by the crowd reactions. The crowd reactions... They chanted loudly for CM Punk at the start of the show, as you figured they would. And Stephanie, again, masterful in knocking them down. I call that one. I call... Well, she did great uh, at it the first time. Uh, I, I just, you know, there's part of me that just goes, you know what? Move, if, if we're moving on, if you're asking the audience to move on, you need to move on. Well, I mean, she had to do it to shut them up. I mean, what is she going to do? Stay there silently? People will chant louder. It wasn't so I, much a knock at CM Punk. Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. As I much disagree. As it, well, no, I mean, you you would be wrong if you disagree. <laughs> you the, the, would just oh, be factually oh, you, oh, you incorrect. Don't think, you don't think that speech about quitters had a little bit of... Uh... Well, no, I, CM Punk is what gets you there, and you, but that's what you do to shut the audience down, because you have to move on. I mean, Stephanie had to do something with her promo. You could do the Heyman and just say, he's not here, and continue. Yeah, I, I think that's effective. There's a far more direct way to do it than, 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 than to troll. But, they, I mean... They chanted somewhat loudly at AJ, and uh, I I was worried there for a second because Paige was, at first I was about to say, who actually booked this segment? AJ Lee to stand in the ring while Paige, who sometimes gets a little nervous on promos and and lays there silently when a crowd starts to react in a certain way. Uh, what are you doing putting Paige out there to be silent and letting this crowd just take over this segment? But thankfully, again... This was the third program that's been taped in Chicago. The crowd was not into sustained chance for CM Punk tonight, no matter what. And they let Paige and AJ continue with their program. The crowd did not really take over this show, which Good. is not a surprise to me. Because again, we've seen two shows now 
And on those two Raws, I remember sitting here six or seven months ago, whenever it was, when the first Raw in Chicago happened after the CM Punk disappearance, thinking that crowd was going to fully take over the show, and they didn't. They just didn't. And the crowd, they want to see the show too. They just don't want to chant for CM Punk for three hours. Yeah, and I think, you know, people are trained. It's conditioning, too, of audiences, and not all the audiences as smarky as one would think at a live show. I mean, there's enough people in the know to make a difference, but uh, if if those who are not in the know do not join in, then it is impossible for a crowd to take over. And also, at this point, if if, if people start chanting, they're going to get booed down fairly quickly as well. It, I mean, that happened that happened at the NXT show yeah. uh, it's a, last time. It's yeah. a fun thing to do, to chant for the CM Punk when everyone's doing it. It's a fun thing, but once you've done it, it's over. And then the yeah. second thing is, how much fun is it going to be chanting for a guy who you know is not going to be there for three hours? So yeah, I, it's slowly dying down. You don't get the CM Punk chants on most of the shows nowadays. Sometimes yeah, in if, these if bigger you, cities. If, if you do it for the full three hours, it comes off as throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. And like Stephanie McMahon said, Chicago quit chanting for CM Punk because they are a bunch of quitters. Uh... I was reading a, I did not read any reviews of last night's Raw. Okay. I wrote mine. I, tried, I didn't read any. I did not listen to any other podcasts or audio I've, about the I've show. Made a, I've made a practice to stay away from reviews as I find it's been tempering mine a bit. Well, so that yeah. and the fact that I'm already devoting three hours and then I watch main events now on Tuesdays. There's enough. I don't need to be listening to a whole bunch of other stuff about it. Mm. So, especially when I talk about it for an hour here, I like my show. So I'll. I will say sometimes I'm vain and I listen back to our show. Oh, oh, I'm so glad you say you like our show. I was so afraid. No, I do. Fired. I, I like our oh, show. Oh, 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 I listen to our show just to see how many ums I've been putting in and <laughs> trying to stop myself. Right. Um, but uh, I did come across one today by Rolling Stone of all places. What? Rolling Stone has a raw recapper. They review the show. You're kidding me. The headline. No. Oh, they... Absolutely do. Who's on the byline? You know? Of the Rolling Stone? Yeah. Um, let me, uh, I wrote it in my notes about the headline, but let's go to the actual article. It is written by Sorry a... To put you on the spot like that. By a Kenny Herzog. Huh. So, Kenny Herzog writes the Raw recap for Rolling Stone. The headline. Chicago wanted the return of punk, but Randy Orton stole the show on Monday night. Really? What? What? Was he? And I, I had to actually check the date to make sure what? this was not the raw from several months ago. Randy Orton stole the show last night, Jeff. That's a hot take. What do you think about Randy Orton's masterfulness on the show last night on Raw? Randy Orton's not even the top five opinions, good or bad, he, that I had about this he, show. He hit an RKO on Dean Ambrose, but otherwise was in the background. He is player number B. And yes, yeah. I said player number B. He's 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 actually the, what Rollins was a couple months ago. He which is, is behind Seth Rollins on the depth chart yeah. this week. He he did not he's do anything stooge. special. I don't know what this guy was watching, honestly. And I'm not actually after that headline. I'm not reading the rest of the review. I'm sorry, because I watched what, the show. What would your headline have been? My he ooh, what would my headline have been? Because usually it's just raw TV report. <laughs> It's so clever. Um, what would my headline have been? 
Straight into the point, though. WWE angers Russians and Britons. <laughs> the, the British. W- the WWE actually tweeted an apology for any Russian fans that may have offended. <laughs> WWE angers international audiences. That'd be kidding me. From the Russian flag to not uh, to the delay of the WWE network in the United Kingdom. Angering everybody. No one can beat Rusev. But yeah, that that's what I saw. Randy Orton stole the show, and I wanted to ask you if I was watching a different show, because to me, this was uh, finally, maybe not finally, but this was full-on the Dean Ambrose-Seth Rollins show with guest star John Cena. Yeah, it was. Um, I do have some reservations about the show, but um, yeah, that was, I mean, that's overall, that's it. I mean, I think my headline might have been something to the point of, a volatile mix of comedy and drama <laughs> because the places where they were putting comedy. Oh, let's just get into it. I don't mind comedy and wrestling if it's earned and it can be funny and it's character driven and stuff. I, I hesitate at the wacky and I hesitate putting wacky in the main event programs. Cause I kind of like to keep those separate, but at the same time, if you're also building a mid Carter through comedy, I hate, I, I absolutely loathed Hunter's promo on The Miz. I really did. That irked me to no end. That was interesting. It was, it, well, I mean, it's it's like you're a company that has a hard enough time building up a mid-card and building up reputable mid-card stars, and and that happens. There, there's a lot of odd choices in this. The The vibrator joke before we go too far get, getting back to the Miz segment I mean Triple H completely buries the Miz backstage which in itself I don't care about Right. the Miz has been a joke lately with the addition of Damian Sandow it's a funny act in the middle of a show that doesn't matter except when you start having the Miz who is this joke beating your mid card baby faces and guys who actually are supposed to be somewhat taken seriously Right. When you have him beating the Cesaros, the Dolph Ziggler's, I mean, the program he's in right now, you know, when you. He's gaining he, momentum with, with this gimmick. If he was and, going and to be a foil. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then if he's only going to be a guy who loses to the babyface who outsmarts him and is not a joke, that's fine. When you right. are completely berating the Miz, I just don't like it. I agree. And, and for me, there was a little bit of disconnect on the end of the first segment with Hunter and Paul E and just the combination of the two kind of got me feeling the wrong way. I don't, I don't think that that last, the last, uh, handshake or whatever between triple H and Paul E was necessarily earned. I don't know. know. why It it, it came off as clunky to me a bit. It came off as triple H needed to get the last word in and for no reason. I mean, the segments, the Paul E part of the segment is over. And then Hunter just says, uh, what do you even say? Thank you for the conversation and shook his hand and that was it? Like, was right, he supposed yeah. to be intimidating Paul Heyman? Well, I think it was supposed to basically undermine Paul Heyman and, and the power he was getting within that promo. And I just thought that was, you know, just just leave it be and let Paulie leave and then we'll be done with this. But no, we had to get that last little bit in. I just kind of went, eh. I had uh, reservations last week on our show that maybe they weren't going to really put John Cena in this program completely because... They were five weeks out of a pay-per-view. It was just something to do on the show after a pay-per-view. But it looks fully like they are going to insert John Cena in this Ambrose-Rollins program. And they may even either do a triple threat or some type of uh, mini-tournament 
to battle Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. He's fully in this program now, it looks like. See, I was thinking, and, and just the way they lingered on the end there, I was thinking they were teasing Kane and, and Orton breaking off on, on Rollins as well and doing kind of a five-way thing in the cell like they've okay. done before. <laughs> That's what we need. Well, no, but, but I mean, I just, I've, I've heard the rumors of this tournament, and I just don't see, you know, I don't, I don't see the use of a lot of these matchups. Like, nobody wants to see Cena and Orton again, for the most part. If you beat Ambrose at this point, it's, it, you know, not, not that Ambrose is being booked as strong as he could be. He's being booked strong, but... It's not the badass thing. He's a lovable trickster who's just having fun, which uh, they've been using that for certain faces, and it's driving me insane now because they used it with the Usos, and they, I think they used it with Ziggler at one point. He's just having fun. And you're like, I, I don't want fun out of my main event baby face. I want him to be a badass. Do that more. So I'm I'm kind of, you know, and, you know, Kane's always around and nobody wants to see him interfere in a hell in a cell necessarily again. So I'm thinking that this is and just the reasoning behind all the uh, uh, the grumbling in the in the backstage segments makes me think this is leading to something. I'm probably wrong because I'm being far too logical in a way, but. It, it makes me think it's leading to something where it just becomes a hodgepodge. And maybe people make up after this match, but for the meantime, it's every man for himself. Yeah, I, to me, this was the perfect show. You had Hell in a Cell coming up. It was the perfect time to just do the Ambrose-Rollins payoff. I agree. But now you're putting John Cena in it. So say we get this mini-tournament where it's Cena and Ambrose, and they've kind of been teasing this the last two weeks where... You know, they're going at it to battle Seth Rollins. Say you do that match. Mm -hmm. Dean Ambrose has to win, or else you're forever slotting him behind John Cena. Well, they are anyway. Well, I know, but at least you're you're outwardly telling everyone that. He's still uh, not Roman Reigns in terms of his push, so, I mean... If you do a triple threat, okay. Um, Rollins would have to get beat by somebody, I suppose, but who would that be? Or maybe John Cena gets beat after... I, I don't know what you do if you did the triple threat, but... Yeah, you still have Kane and Randy Orton out there, um, and it looks like Randy Orton, or maybe both he and Kane, will be going good here soon, as they're tired of fighting Seth Rollins' battles, but that might be still uh, maybe a couple months away. Um, there's a lot of directions you can go in, but inserting John Cena in the Ambrose-Rollins program that we haven't had an actual payoff for yet, and the matches they've had, they had the Lumberjack match where Seth Rollins won because of a lot of help. You haven't gotten Dean Ambrose's revenge yet. Nope. Even for the the uh, curb stomp into the cement, you haven't gotten anything yet. And now you're just inserting John Cena and turning Ambrose to that direction. It it doesn't make sense that they're putting John Cena in this program. It doesn't from a storyline prospect in many ways, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense if you think that they don't have all the faith they do, they can, that there's enough star power in a main event of Rollins and Ambrose. I think there is. You think there is. A lot of educated fans think there is. But they live in a bubble. And they'll look at it and they'll say, well, there's not enough star power there. To me, and also with the Hell in the Cell, with the stipulation, the gimmick of this cage, 
Yeah, it's like war games. All you need is the gimmick. The cage is going to increase any buys in a little margin that you would have been getting with John Cena being in the main event. To me, this I is agree. the perfect show. If it's a if it's a vengeance show or whatever they call these B pay-per-views now in the middle, then you don't need to do it. But I just, to me, this was the perfect slot for them to do Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And it looks as if we're not going to get that. Or maybe we huh. do. If the mini tournament and Dean Ambrose actually wins, maybe we get it. But it kind of derails the story there a bit. Well, hey, both guys were knocked out at the end of Raw. I'm sure they'll be out for a number of weeks and possibly... <laughs> no. Be bad. Now, I can see if Dean Ambrose beats John Cena, and John Cena was just another road that Dean Ambrose had to go through to get his hands finally on Seth, and they actually sell that part of the story during the pay-per-view, then okay. But you risk turning him. You risk turning Ambrose at that point what, to the heel? crowd. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you do. A John bit. Cena was is going to be the one that the crowd is not going to cheer for in that matchup. Where's Hell in the Cell at? Dallas. You might be right. You might be wrong. What, Dean Ambrose versus John Cena, and you think the crowd would heal on Dean Ambrose during the opening match of the pay-per-view? Yes. Oh, no. Possibly. I'm not saying it's a fact. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Yeah, I don't think so at all. Okay. I think you have enough vocal people in the audience that they want to see Dean Ambrose. Part of it has to do with how they tell the story, the couple of weeks going up on this. You know, if they actually play on the fact that it's Dean Ambrose's, you know, road to Seth Rollins and John Cena's just in the middle of it. Yeah, but do you think they'd go with that subtlety when, um, they're, when they're laying out the match? No, because they've been selling, I mean, even last night on Raw, they were selling how John Cena wants his hands on Seth Rollins too. To me, you have to take the John Cena part. I mean, it's there, but you can't play it up as much. You have would, to explain why John Cena's in this feud now, but you have to also tell the audience well, that have. it's Dean Ambrose's road to Seth Rollins that John Cena's just in the middle of, not John Cena's trying to get to Seth Rollins and Dean is in the middle of it. Well, no, I agree with that, but they've already explained why John Cena's interested in this. There, it's just it's just a matter of whose claim to, to Rollins is more important to the company. Yes. Yeah, well, they got to start telling stories about whose claim is more important to us. I agree. Ugh. Um, <laughs> you sound exasperated. Well, it's... I mean, it's whatever. They they have the network. They're going to do the network buys that they get, no matter if John Cena's in the second-to-last match or the last match at this point. You can't tell them that, though. I can tell them whatever that's, I that's want. The pro- well, I'm... That's that's a rhetorical... Uh, whatever I want. <laughs> ...statement, Rob. We had uh, the beginning of... The seemingly Luke Harper split from the Wyatt family last night. Most interesting, the the Wyatts have been in two months. Yeah, people were trying to, you know, say in different places I read that they think the Luke Harper split was rushed and that they're wondering why they would, you know, break off this hot act. And like, have you been watching the show lately? Bray Wyatt 1 is not even on the show. And even for the last couple of months, they haven't exactly been a hot act. Well, it's funny because I thought at first when I was first watching it until I heard the the go free part of it, I thought they were teasing it now a team of Bray and Harper and that Rowan had been future endeavored because he didn't appear anywhere in there until the end. So it's like, ooh, okay, good. They've they've whittled it down. But uh, I liked the video a lot. I think it did its job. It explained what was going on and uh, it it didn't uh, it didn't try and shoehorn a feud in there. I uh, I liked quite a bit the 
the video, you know, again, it's what we uh, what we've talked about before on the show, what I've definitely been an advocate of. It's the breakaway where it's not the cliched breakaway where one guy gets mad and the two fight internally. You know, Luke Harper's still probably going to be a heel. Bray Wyatt's going to be a heel. They just go their separate ways because it's time. And what would be really cool. And they have a connection too still. Say Bray Wyatt keeps going on this winning streak and he's wrestling guys and he wins matches and Luke Harper goes on his own and he's a single star and he's winning matches. Eventually their roads might meet. And these, this, guy, this guy, Bray Wyatt, who took Luke Harper in and fixed him, quote-unquote, is now going to have to beat him to get to what he wants. And Luke Harper is going to have to beat his mentor or whatever the case may be. This could be a long-term story down the road. I don't have any faith that that's actually going to happen. <laughs> I, I love that you came to your senses halfway through your sentence But there. just because they're but breaking off awesome, clean now. It, it is an awesome possibility. It, this is... and. First of all, a month ago, what's everyone on the internet saying? They're all saying, when is WWE going to realize that Luke Harper is the star of this group? Well, they did. Yes. And I see people saying, I think it's rushed. I wish they wouldn't break up this team. A month ago, you were also one of those people who were saying that Luke Harper is the star of this team. When will they realize it? They did. They're breaking him off. They're going to see what they can do with Luke Harper. There's nowhere more you can go with the Wyatt family. We said this once the Shield broke up is what are you going to do with the Wyatts? There's no other three-man teams in this company. Well, I didn't realize I was being indicted on such things. Um, <laughs> Not you, I'm just saying others. I, yeah. I hear this all well, the time. Well, here's the deal. They didn't give them the tag belts. There's nothing else to do with them. There's nothing else. They killed They killed so many feuds with, with the Wyatts quickly. I mean, they, they rushed rematches of the Shield over and over again. They had them go up against the Usos eight million times without winning the belts. They They... They could have built towards a match between Show and Henry in terms of four big guys just going at each other in terms of that, and they gave that away for free and then rematched the heck out of that. There was nothing more to do with this team except shake up the lineup somehow or break one of them off. Yeah, and they bro- they're breaking off the right guy. I, I fear for Rowan because I don't know what you do with him unless they actually oh. do team with Bray. Maybe they're a no. tag team. Well, no, I, I, I just see Rowan continuing to train a bit and and getting a little bit less green in there and and just playing the bodyguard role. Could. Yeah. Or you can can bring, or you can bring someone up and uh, be a new member of the Wyatt family. You very well could. There's certainly guys in NXT that might fit that kind of, uh, that kind of mode. There are large, tall men in NXT. Yeah. There are certainly candidates. Uh, we kind of hit on this. Uh, WWE did issue an apology today uh, for anyone that might be offended that the Russian flag was disrespected on Raw with the Big Show tearing it down in his feud with Rusev. And that appears to be a uh, a feud that will continue. And that brings us to a new segment that might be weekly based on what I say. And that's what we got wrong. Because mm. apparently I just get things wrong all the time. But you know one thing I absolutely got wrong? is Mark Henry? Last week on the show, you asked me if I still believed that Mark Henry was not going to turn heel. (laughs) And I said, absolutely, he's not turning heel. You doubled down, and then one hour later... One hour later on main event, I was wrong. (laughs) Mark Henry healed on the people. Ended the segment still as a teammate of the big show. Still as a teammate of the big show. But uh, last night on Raw, he lost clean to Bo Dallas and then beat up Bo Dallas backstage, 
it certainly looks as if he is going dark. Wow. Rob, I've learned not to take my uh, defeats personally as you. Uh, you know, I was more offended that Rusev immediately went to, I'm going to kick you in the groin. Uh, that was a, that's a dirty pool, mister. Kicking a man and his fellas. Well, you got to chop a tree down however you got to chop it down, you know? This man is a, is a decorated Russian athlete. How dare he stoop so low as to kick a man and his fellas? Um, well, you got to do what you got to do. Big Show's reaction to that was mine, so it was one of those things where it's like, yes. Uh, you know, I I get that WWE is a worldwide company, and so they now have to... Uh, they have to watch their sensibilities lest they want the network not in Russia. But at the same time, they've been on both sides of this in terms of controversy. They've they've tweaked pro-Russia and now tweaked anti-Russia. It's kind of, you know, occasionally you just, you know, you either have to just stop doing this type of stuff or you have to say it's a TV show, relax. Well... I mean, I'm, am I wrong on that, or or do you or do you support this? Because that's not even the least. Of, I well, can't believe I mean, they they did even... they disrespected the flag. No, oh, no, there's no doubt they disrespected the flag. <laughs> so why not apologize? Obviously, they got heat from somebody, and they wanted to issue an apology. I don't think it's a big deal. They just did it. They apologized. No, but who, I, I, who's to say next week on Raw that they just don't do it again? If I'm Russian, I think it's a big deal. I mean, I remember I complained when the American flag touched the ground. So I mean, I could see that point i just you know somebody okayed this without thinking about it which seems ridiculous maybe part of the problem is that you have lana rusev and big show and you have the russian flag involved and not one russian in the bunch yeah that's true but but i mean this is also a company that won't allow you to use the term steel and instead is trying to use the word pirate which makes no sense (laughs) to to not to to gloss over sensibilities and you know it's let me put it this way. If Dean Ambrose pirated that case, doesn't that mean he just has an inauthentic copy of it? Sure. <laughs> I mean, now you're just focusing on stupid bullshit. Well, it's all stupid bullshit when you think about it. Right. Pardon my French. The I mean, whole thing. I mean, the, 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 the flag thing, the vibrator joke, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, did okay. You, did you like the vibrator joke? I don't, I didn't get that out of your opening little uh, speech there. Did you like it or no? No, because I thought it should, I, I don't think that kind of humor should be used on, it was, uh, that, that type of wacky humor should not be in the main event level. It was weirdly placed for sure. Um, it did pay off something that they said earlier in the show, well, yeah, which is that but... it keeps personal things in. I appreciate the writing of the joke. Okay. I don't appreciate the timing of it or yeah, I... who said it. I love how it just turned on by itself with no provocation, too. Just decided to turn on. No one was bumping the case. Just turns on. Um, Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury, the new corporate stooges, <laughs> they were entertaining. I like them. A little, a little bit higher profile. And Jamie Noble just, got the first words on WWE TV in several years. Just so long as I don't see them in an evening gown match of any kind, I'm fine. But at the same time, it's also a little bit, you know, it's a little insulting to Dean to stick stooges against him. But I guess they're just kind of copying the Austin storyline in a way. Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this. At least Joey Mercury and Jamie Noble are 20 years younger. Yeah. 
and actually still look okay. Yes, they're small. It led to the one true comedic highlight of the night when Dean Ambrose mocked being afraid that they were sending the cruiserweight division after him. I like that line. I liked Kali's line that he could hear of that high up. Right. Because you, you can make fun of good, those. You can make fun of a Jamie Noble because he's a stooge. That's his character. You can make yes. fun of him. When you start yes. doing that to guys like Daniel Bryan, it's not the same then, thing. Then, then, then it undermines your project or, or even the Miz. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just no good. Uh, anything else on Raw before we move on? Uh, I want the Eagle added to the Animals division. Um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. What did you think of the What did you think of the uh, Muda's head in a case payoff? What? <laughs> Never mind. It's a bad joke. Oh, the the, the, green, the green the gack. Yeah, it's the gack. Um, whatever. I I I'm thought hoping, I'm hoping somebody backstage says I don't know at some point, and then the green gack pours down from the ceiling like you can't do that on television. I was I was worried when Dean Ambrose, you know, had the shirts and he started with this promo in the ring that they were going to do some really bad comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it it wasn't that bad, and they really didn't get into it that much, so I was fine with the segment, you know, Dean Ambrose. But again, what is Dean Ambrose doing? Is he setting up a green spewing machine inside the briefcase? Is that what Dean Ambrose does? Yeah, is he he a man hell-bent on revenge, or is he a man hell-bent on being a a fun-loving trickster? This is a guy that hikes through the desert, certain one day for death, and what is he doing? Is he going into a hobby shop? Yeah, it's a difference between, say, the the trickster and the joke joker in comic books. If you wanted to do that, there's there, there, it, it, it eliminates that element of uh, how, how, rage. Steve in Austin. There. Steve Austin was driving cement trucks and beer trucks, and Dean Ambrose is going to hobby stores to buy gack machines and whoopee cushions and and itching powder, probably. No, well, I mean. Yeah, but then again, Austin also wore a small sheriff's hat. Yeah, he did. At one point in his career, and they thought that was main event level comedy right there. So, And they fully recognized that that was the worst thing Steve Austin ever did in WWE. No, Steve recognizes that's the worst thing he ever did on TV. They don't recognize that. Oh, I'm pretty sure they recognize it. I'm pretty sure they recognize it. Do you think Dean eventually comes out driving a GAC truck? Mm, I hope not. <laughs> it's a guy that I feel like if the arenas were close enough or if he could find a way, he would just bike everywhere. And the, and the one other thing from Raw, uh, I always welcome the return of Alicia Fox onto my television. Alicia Fox is back. Paige's I'm new a, best friend for one I'm night. A fan, I'm a fan of Alicia Fox. Yeah, so, uh, I'm sure. Um, what, wait, what's that supposed to mean? I'm sure you're a fan of Alicia Fox. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes like we're just fans of people. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss. And I am a fan of Sasha Banks. Alexa Bliss, I was stunned and very disappointed. I go down to NXT and, F- and uh, the Performance Center, and NXT TV tapings... Is it time? No, Is it time? Is it not, time? No, it's not yet time. We still have a couple of things to do. <laughs> I want to open my presents! Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, NXT this week... On uh, the actual TV show, um, they got Adrian Neville going mm-hmm. up against Tyson Kidd. Mm-hmm. The Vaudevillains going up against Jason Jordan and Ty Dellinger. Baron Corbin on the show. Hideo Itami on the show. And oh, let, me, let, let me interrupt real quick. If that's the way they're intro- reintroducing Tyson Kidd back to the main roster, they can get bent. And keep him. <laughs> they're taking 
something that actually worked in NXT was the you know the uh, division kind of of Tyson Kidd and Natalia. It actually played into the feud that Tyson Kidd had with Sami Zayn going for the title. But they're just taking that small part, the division with Natalia, putting it on Raw with no context behind it right. and no reason for it. Well, they put what is Tyson in no. terms of total divas. No. Yeah, that's not context. What are you going to do with them? Is Tyson Kidd going to feud with Natalia? He'll probably cost her a match by not paying attention or doing how important are these divas matches? They're not, and they put three of them on this show. Is she going to cost them a match somehow with Damian Miz now? Or Adam Rose? What's it going to matter? My big fear is they're going to do that rumored Bree-Nikki Hell in a Cell match. It's, there's no way that's happening. Unless Nikki comes off of a cage. I don't want to see it. I can Maybe this is a good segment for next week's What I Got Wrong. But to me, there's no absolute 0% chance. There's no way. That they do Nikki versus Brie inside it's a cage. It's going to be announced in, in, in under 20 minutes. If it's announced on main event, then we got a foolproof segment for next week's What I Got Wrong. There is no way in 2014, in the PG era, they are building up a match with women inside a cage. They're yeah. Not, and this isn't, oh, well, they're not going to do anything inside the cage. They'll just wrestle a regular match. No one's going to bleed. It's not about what they're going to do inside the cage. It's about the image of them locking women inside a cage. It's not uh, uh, going yeah. to happen. I, I could see, especially given our current culture in terms of domestic violence when, and misogyny. When I went to the performance center last week, I was told I could take pictures inside as long as I did not get pictures of men training with women okay, because of the image. Right. There is no way they are putting two women inside of a cage and advertising that. Back to the original point. So anyone thinking you're going to get a Bella and a Sella, it's <laughs> not been, you've, you've going to, to happen. Say. All right. And if it does, then we got a first 10 minutes for next week's show. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're building up Tyson Kidd, rehabilitating his image and becoming a superstar worthy of it. And then you put him in this clown gimmick back on the main roster to help spread the word about divas. Got some pretty sweet headphones, though. Oh, the beats are nice. Got some pretty sweet headphones. And to finish that off, Charlotte and Bailey in the much-anticipated Women's Championship rematch. All this week on NXT. So the continuation of the Hideo Itami versus the Ascension feud. Mm -hmm. It's got some stuff going on there. Baron Corbin, surely to squash some folks. Um... Got a uh, question on the at Shake Them Ropes Twitter feed. Uh, okay. Kind of goes to the breaking news that was announced on Raw, but we got a question. The uh, Let's see, who was this? I want to make sure I get their name right. Gareth on Twitter. Okay. At GWhitaker137 asks, Hi, Gareth. Why the delay for the network in the UK? Lots of fans are pissed off about it over here. Love the show. WWE was supposed to debut the network in the UK tomorrow, October 1st. It is now going to be delayed until at least November with an announcement coming on November 1st for the reason giving they are still negotiating with potential partners. So no network for the UK coming up this week. You have to wait. And you may not end up getting the version that most of the world is used to. You might get something more resembling you might get the, ca the Canadian version. Might get something that's happening in Canada. 
They're so, more inter- they're more interested in the money from the cable company than they are the subscription numbers, the, and that's gar- probably a yep. smart bet. Guaranteed money. It, it's taken off so well in Canada. Why not do the same thing where else you uh, you know where you could? Uh, not not to say it's going to happen. You know, this delay could just be to see what avenues they can potentially reach out to. Right. It may still go as an over the top type network that we're used to here in the U.S. Um, but they're giving themselves some time, which I'm okay with them taking the time. But that was probably something they should have done a year ago, and I not agree, after you had a set date. But it might have also been they were getting ready for one plan, and then a new suitor came in, so they decided to back off of the the launch to just to see if this uh, new suitor, this would be a better looking guy for them to go with as they, opposed to the. They better hope the new plan works because now you've upset a lot of people. Because this is one person on Twitter who's saying that a lot of people are pissed off about it. There's a lot of articles out there on the web today about how UK fans are completely upset. And, you know, for the last several weeks, I've been seeing people on Twitter say how there's been absolutely no advertisement for this network in Ireland and the UK. Just no one's heard a thing about it except for that it was supposed to begin on October 1st. And so, once they give it to them, all will be forgiven. Yeah. And so we'll I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like us complaining about the product. It, once they give you a good show, it's just, oh, man, what a great show. We're so optimistic after WrestleMania that Cesaro right. and all these new guys are going to be pushed. So last week, if you listened to last week's show, you know that uh, last week I got the chance to visit the NXT TV tapings on Thursday. Yes. And uh, got a tour. Ooh, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Got a tour of the Performance Center down there in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, so yes. WWE invited me to come down and going to have some things written on Voices of Wrestling and the Wrestling Observer about it um, and then talk about it on the show. Uh, for those who do not want any spoilers for NXT, we might get into a couple uh, here in the next couple of minutes talking about this. So you might want to uh, skip this section. Sorry, but uh, some of the stuff is going to air a month from now. I can't not talk about it for a month. As opposed to all the other sections you all usually skip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got a chance to go down. So Thursday, uh, went down to the NXT TV tapings. They taped four episodes of shows that will air throughout October well, and November. Well, let's, let's start from the beginning. Let's start with the Training Center tour. Well, the Training Center was the day this. after. Oh, okay. Do well, you want to we'll start, start chronologically? Which is which is which is sexier? Uh, well, it's both to me. Okay, I uh, loved every second. Well, then, well, I will just be uh, inputting questions as a <laughs> as an interested fan. You have the floor, sir. If we, if we don't get through something, because we're going to talk about the performance center, my visit there, and the NXT TV tapings. If some, if uh, say I talk about all this, and there were still questions that any listeners or listeners out there had. Uh, contact us at Shake Them Ropes. Ask any questions because I got the full tour of the Performance Center. Got I had about forty five minutes uh, a conversation with Bill Demott, so nice. we got a lot of information out of this place. Um, you know things that were evolving since it first began and a whole bunch of stuff. So feel free to ask any questions you have and follow us at Shake Them Ropes for uh, future information about the Performance Center because they're they're training the next crop of superstars down there, and those those superstars are getting their feet wet with NXT. So NXT TV tapings were on Thursday. Full Sail University was a pretty cool looking place from the outside. Like they built their building to look high tech. Like, you know, a lot of high tech stuff is happening on the inside there. Mm -hmm. It's a cool university. Uh, Anyone on campus that I met, I I talked with people who were waiting in line before the show. 
I tried to talk with a few people who are working the show, you know, just to kind of get their thoughts on NXT being down there and the environment on the campus and exactly how big a deal NXT being at full sale was for the entire campus, even those who weren't wrestling fans. Uh, so pretty fun conversations, but they're all excited about it. Well, it's, it's a fairly specialized university. I figure they're they're very excited because it's actually a real show that their students, I believe, are working on and doing oh, production on and stuff. So, yeah, no, I, I could see how it would be a big deal for them. Yeah, they get I mean, about 30 percent of the people who work that show are full sale students. I mean, right. they're really involved in that. And what I learned the next day with the Performance Center is they're not just there at the TV tapings. They have students going back and forth from the Performance Center working there, too. You know, whether it's the media side or setting things up or just or helping sports out. Me- or sports medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Training, yeah. They do a lot of stuff with that Full Sail Universities, uh, not just with the scholarships and everything, but pe- getting people immersed in what they're doing for a live television product. Uh, it was pretty cool. All uh, right. The big uh, news. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask, since we're on the Performance Center, other than... Other than the usual things that we tend to see in in wrestling training schools, like you know, you have certain specialized rings and and you know people just training that moves, and of course the weight room and whatnot. Give me three things that caught your eye at the performance center. Well, okay, or caught your attention. So having been through pro wrestling schools and having right. seen some of the pro wrestling schools that are out there. A lot of schools that are out there have one, maybe two rings, and that's it. Right. When you're training weights, you're going to a gym. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the school to train wrestling, and that's it. You're done. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference between this and the performance center. The performance center, yes, you're training in the ring a lot. They have a full-quality, high-quality gym in the same building that you're working out at, and it's a full-time job there. Anything that you want to possibly do, you're doing inside that performance center. You right. don't have to go anywhere else for it. But... They're really, with all the media rooms that they have and the television panels, and they also have computers set up so you can just watch, you know, footage from the past to study, you know, not just in the ring, but what worked in the past and what didn't work and how characters are developed. Um, there's a lot of differences. Uh, one big difference is uh, something that they actually put in after the center opened. You know, it wasn't always there. It was an idea uh, that Bill DeMott and Triple H had. Uh, several months in that they they decided to put an actual ramp inside the training area. Mm. You know, they have several rings inside this large training area. They put a full-size ramp so people could practice their entrances. Because if you're a football player, for example, that had never done wrestling before, never had to make an entrance like a pro wrestler does before, going up and down that ramp is probably something you're not used to and you don't want to make sure that you you know you want to make sure you don't trip or something on your debut. They have a no, they have a full size ramp to practice entrances. They mentioned they practiced, you know, Hideo Otami's entrance there, you know, just to make sure they get everything right. Uh, there's a full light setup. They can literally make the center ring that they have in that building a full TV taping presentation. Yeah, so you have like a dress rehearsal. They can have dress rehearsals. They can light up and have events there. They can do promo events. Uh, you know, the day I arrived there, before I got there, they were doing a, a 2K15 presentation to highlight the new things inside the video game. And they use that center ring and they live it up. And uh, you could actually run a wrestling show inside that training area. Nice. And it would be better than your average indie. A cool. full lighting rig, a full soundboard, an audio board, video board. Everything. 
So that was the, one of the first things you notice. They do have the crash pad ring, which is cool. Uh, so newer guys can go in there if they want to practice some high flying moves. Um, one thing you may not think about often, but uh, Bill DeMott was saying how a guy like Kofi Kingston might come in one day. Uh, maybe he's been out after an injury or maybe he just wants to try a new move. You can go to that crash pad ring and try all the new moves that you want to incorporate before you're fully perfecting it. Right. So you can try things out. As bros go into your local watering hole. Right. Instead of having to go to a pool or just hope that you get it right in a regular ring the first time. And of course, it's for the newbies too. Um, You just want to practice all your moves. I mean, the inside training area is wonderful. You have so many different rings that you can have different classes. You can have the women training with women. You can have the men training together. You can have different levels of talent training in different rings with different coaches. Um, The day I went there, they were... They were in full training mode. There was no NXT live event that night. So anyone and everyone that was contracted there that, that, that wasn't on the WWE house shows that night was there. They were there nice. working out in the gym. They were there in the rings. Uh, we got some pictures up on our Twitter handle. Uh, others will be inside some of these stories that I write. Um, but yeah, I mean, in one ring, I was watching you know Albert train with... Uh, Prince Devitt and Kenta and Kevin Steen all in the same ring. In the other, yeah, in another ring, photo. Norman Smiley was training with Sarah Del Rey, and they were training some of the newer people, the newer guys in WWE, uh, Chad Gable and the likes. And then he had a ring with uh, Billy Gunn training different, like chain wrestling and different things. I mean, it was a whole lot of action going on in that ring. And that was just half of the performers. The other half are either in the uh, trainers' rooms or they're lifting the weights, they're doing their conditioning. Some are watching videos of different content. I mean, it's a school campus, basically, is what this performance center is. Okay. It, it's a, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's not just inside the ring training. They're, they're training you, really the whole thing. That w, whatever you're going to do in WWE, they're training you to do, whether it's interviews with the media, whether it's going to different, you know, whether it's a make-a-wish meet or greeting fans in a meet-and-greet. Whether it's interviews, whether it's announcing. Uh, when I was there, Corey Graves was working on his announcing. Huh. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, did you see, have a, catch a sneak peek of anybody watching tape, and do you know who they were watching? Um, yes. I, yes, I did. Oh, is that, okay, that's all you're gonna, <laughs> we can talk about that off air then, I guess. <laughs> Yes, I watched, um, well, I'll just say I watched, you know, Corey Graves was watching a tape as he's working on, you know, whatever it is the next phase of his career will be, um, you know, announcing or whatever that may be. Uh, but yeah, there, there were people watching tape, um, you know, again, inside the ring, it was a, it was a Friday. So as Bill described, it was kind of like a loose day. Um, you know, they had just done the TV taping the night before, right? Uh, they didn't really have any NXT house shows that weekend, so there was kind of a kind of a loose day for them, even though everyone was there working. Um, now, did anybody know you and call you out for for your former life? I didn't really see anyone. Okay. Um, I, mean, I saw Drake. I know you were a little worried about, about that, or not worried. But no, I wasn't uh, worried. No, I wasn't I don't, worried. I don't know these things. You're now you're just a journalist. Now you're now you're just a dirt sheet guy. No, I wasn't worried. <laughs> well, most of the guys that I was in the Indies with have either either been fired by WWE and they're back on the Indies uh, or they're referees for NXT. Okay. So I, I, I don't know everyone or a lot of people there, but it was a really cool experience as a wrestling fan. 
it's just a cool experience to see the training methods, especially me going through a wrestling school before. This is nothing you would ever see at a regular wrestling school, even the yeah, best wrestling I'm, schools out there. The training's fine. The physical training, I'm always, you know, just coming from the acting writing side, I'm always interested in like their promo classes and things of that nature. So that, that, that sounds cool that you can basically, there's hopefully you have a database where you can just put in a guy and they'll, they'll come up and you can just watch matches. Well, you know what they have? They have the WWE network. Well, yeah, but their their search function isn't great. Yeah, they they can do. I'm hoping, there, I'm hoping there's an, I'm hoping there's an internet that's a little bit better. Yeah. yeah, so they they have a lot of different material. I mean, you know, basically, if you're coming there to train to be the next WWE superstar, you have everything you need. You know, and it's I'm sure it'll still evolve. Um, the way after I started seeing what they have in that ringside there and have how they have all these media rooms, I could see them once in a while with this WWE network, even having live TV or live specials from there, you know, not so much an actual wrestling show, but maybe just documentary type stuff. Maybe, um, but, but remember, they also don't want to tip their hand too much. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just saying you can have, these are things that could progress in the future. Cause let's face it, this, this performance center has only been open for a year and a half, not even. And so much stuff is going on there. You start seeing the performers who are main eventing shows now that came out of there and all the talent they're getting from not just indie wrestling, but from football and from, re and from collegiate wrestling and from different areas. Uh, it's a cool experience for them going into the center. And that's your full-time job is, you know, you, you train wrestling and you have this building built directly for you. You're not training inside a, uh, a broken down warehouse in Ohio Valley. No, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, I mean, it's like playing, it's like going from high school football to a division one college facility where you have all the bells and whistles you, you could possibly want. Yeah. I mean, that, was had, something at, that, that was something that actually intimidated me when I did that. So it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> at the time I was there and I just, I got lucky and picked a good day uh, to be invited down there. Cause at the time I was there, just the names from all different types, you had Norman Smiley and Sarah Del Rey in there, you know, with Sarah Del Rey's indie background and being a woman, a woman wrestler Norman Smiley from training with WCW and having a whole length of experience. You know, Bill DeMott, of course, is the head coach. He had Billy Gunn there uh, working with people. You know, Jason Albert, because he was commentating the TV tapings the night before. He was there training with guys. And then Dusty Rhodes. Uh, never got to saw Dusty. Um, but in the, in the first thing you get to, once you actually get past the doors and you get in the locked area of the warehouse of the uh, performance center, the first thing you see is offices, offices of all the coaches who were there. And Bill DeMott's got his office. Some of the writers got their office. Uh, and then you have this big conference room and Dusty Rhodes has his office. Um, just the, the level of names and all the experience that is there to teach people from all different backgrounds. Uh, you don't just have where like in Ohio Valley, you might have one old school guy there teaching the old school way. Or at a, like a Lance Storm wrestling school, you only have Lance Storm teaching his way. You have guys from all different backgrounds teaching everything you could possibly know about the history and also the recent history of wrestling. Yeah, and I just realized Albert also worked in Japan for quite yeah. a portion of his career, so he could be a transition for those guys. Yeah. Who and he was there working with Prince international and, style. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just cool, and this was uh, it, it was a uh, it was a good experience getting to observe this because 
Um, and this is what I'm going to try to do in my articles with Wrestling Observer and Voices of Wrestling is really try to put that experience to others, you know, because not everyone's going to get a chance to go there, obviously. Um, they don't let just anyone back there. And it's not like a tourist attraction because this is a place of work. It's yeah. it's their business. But it's not just, you know, when you hear someone sit, say like, uh, oh, Daniel Bryan or Prince Devitt, what do these guys need to go to the Performance Center there for? They should be at Raw. You know, well, the performance That's arrogant, I think. The performance center is not just there to teach you how to become a wrestler, it's to teach you how to become a WWE superstar because nowadays the WWE is not a pro wrestling company. It's just not. No. And also there's a lot of stuff on, on especially on the indies internationally where you don't, you know, you don't get promo time necessarily on a lot of indie shows. Yeah, so I mean, there's certain there it's funny because with with the evolution of wrestling into sports entertainment and and the loss of say territories and other promotions, there's a lot of things that's been lost in the ether that are still a huge part of the whole pro wrestling experience. Yeah. I mean, just working with others in the company that you're going to be working with. You know, hard cameras. Yep, Prince David. Yeah. Yeah, you had referees there in the performance center training, you know, getting things back up and running. But yeah, you have a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and the referees are a very important part. You know, with the TV tapings beforehand, the referees are the producers of the show. You know, right. they're telling the guys when to get back after their match is over. They're telling them, you know, where to stand with, you know, towards uh, which camera to do their victory celebrations at and so forth. It's a lot of moving parts inside a TV taping like that. Uh, that's really cool to see from a first-hand perspective. Uh, but the big news from the TV taping side is that Prince Devitt... Yes. Prince Devitt has made his debut in NXT the day after. Um, I didn't get a lot of time for Prince Devitt, but he was talking about how he got goosebumps during his entrance hmm. at the NXT TV show. And I would think for a guy that's wrestled in the Tokyo Dome and all these places that had maybe 25, 30,000 people in him, you may not get goosebumps for an entrance inside a building with 300 people in it. Prince Devitt was well, it's also, thrilled with his debut. Well, it's also some of your first exposure to an American audience oh, sure. mainstream. So I could see that definitely. Yeah. I could, I, I could see being, it's kind of like the, the old, uh, you know, the, the, what they call the UFC jitters in mixed martial oh, sure. arts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You, you've fought on different shows, but until you've been on that level, and I'm sure, you know, once called up to the main roster, there's going to be that a little bit of hesitancy there at first. But, you know, you got to get over that quick. Otherwise, you know, you're done. They've been, you know, building up this tension with Hideo Itami in the Ascension. And finally, Hideo Itami had enough of it. He got a friend from Japan to come with him. And it was Finn Baller. Prince Devitt has debuted as Finn Baller. He made his debut to a roar, like everyone in this building knew who he was and was so happy to see him. Uh, yeah, and they did the, the they did the Atomi oh, was, thing where they put they put his 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 name that he's known as, and then it, it was so it cool. And, uh, because you hear Hideo Atami announces that he's brought a friend at the start of the taping of the fourth episode, and then they go the whole episode. The Ascension has a match. Hideo Atami comes out, and he says. Uh, he says something to the point where this is the friend I've brought. The arena goes dark. Then the Titantron goes up and it says Prince Devitt. And it stays there for about 10 seconds. And this crowd is going nuts. And then it kind of fades from Prince Devitt into the Finn Baller. And Finn Baller comes out with this kick-ass music. Like his theme was awesome. 
I might as well just mark out for the entire presentation. That's a good thing. Because it was great. Finn comes out. The two proceed to completely destroy the Ascension. Killed dead. The Ascension sold for about 15 minutes on the ground. It was awesome. And there you have it. Finn and Atami are now the two, two of the big stars on NXT. Putting over new guys strong at the expense of maybe a little bit loss of faith of established guys. Well, not so much loss of Don't faith. Figure. I think they're going to or be. I mean, loss of face. But no, I, I mean, no, that's the way you're up. supposed to do it. Yeah. That's the way you're supposed to do it is right. what I'm, is, is my main point. I don't yes. care if the Ascension, Ascension's going to end up on SmackDown and they're not going to amount to anything, I don't think. I mean, I like them. I like the Ascension. I like them. I, I'm not in love with them, but I mean, if. They're they're the ones always put in there as they're they're going to be part of this new rebuilding of the tag team division. All right, let's start building because I love tag team wrestling. Yeah, I uh, I I like the and, Ascension ooh. work. I like the uh, the Finn debut. Another big factor of the TV tapings, and something that stood out to me is who they have faith in for long matches. Sami Zayn wrestled three times in lengthy main event caliber matches on the TV tapings. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm not. Are you surprised by that at all? Well, I'm surprised because they do this rotation, and Sami Zayn was in virtually every main event. That's you know that can be both good and bad. I think. I mean, they're definitely positives that they have faith in him, but of course, there's always that downside where it's like, well, you're so good here. Why would we want to leave you? And also, there's also didn't they do the same thing with Hero before they released him? Uh, yeah. I mean, they put him in multiple matches back to back. And this is right. the Sami Zayn road to redemption. I don't, still I don't going think they're going to. I don't think by any means they're going to release Sami Zayn. Well, God no, no, no. That's not even close to what I was going with. I'm just no, saying no, no, who no, they no. have I faith know, in. I know, but and, I was just saying. Well, don't read too much into it. No, they, they, uh, they like their Sami Zayn. He's been going to TV tapings. He's been on the road for WWE. He's a great, great man. He's a great man. And plus, we we got oh, we got Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch together. Yep, they uh, they did the Becky Lynch heel turn. This is fantastic. They are a team. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks never have to leave the house. Oh, they they uh, <laughs> they worked. They had a match with uh, they had a match late in the tapings. It was good stuff. Um, the crowd didn't see the uh, the heel turn coming, but she did That's it. A plus, I love when they can pull that off and it's earned. Yeah, no, the, I will say. That, without giving any more spoilers, is the four episodes that were taped at this NXT TV taping, and they'll start airing, I believe, the third week of October. All four TV shows are must-watch TV shows. They were really good. They, you have, of course, Sami Zayn main event matches. You had Sami Zayn's road to the title. Mm-hmm. You had Finn Balor debuting. You had Hideo Itami and the Ascension uh, they were, I believe, part of three of the four TV shows. You know, because they keep doing the beat down Hideo until he brings in his partner and he gets, you know, a little bit even. Old school, baby. Yeah, you had a lot of stuff going on in these shows. Baron Corbin continues his road of rampage. A lot of stuff happening. Very good stuff. Yeah, they, you got to go watch those shows. They kind of did uh, with uh, Devin with the, just a throwback, if anybody ever. You know, for the history fans, it's kind of what they did with uh, Eddie Gilbert reintroducing Ricky Steamboat back into the NWA. The horseman would beat on Eddie Gilbert for a while, and then he goes, hey, I got a partner, I got a partner, and it was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So that's awesome. I like I like those types of angles. Um, it didn't mean anything because he, 
he's probably only there for a little bit of the night, but I found it funny during the first uh, episode, the very first episode they were taping on the show, Michael Hayes came out to watch some of the matches uh, near the uh, soundboard. Yeah. He was watching, I believe, the women's match with Carmella. And then there was one other match he watched. And then right before Sami Zayn, he left. And I thought, oh, hopefully they've seen all they need to see from Sami Zayn. And they don't need to be checking him out any further. Or maybe they need to go to a monitor or something and watch. Yeah, he just wanted to see some of it. It was good. There was a lot of people there. Triple H was there. Maybe it was just ogling women. Maybe. Maybe. Been known to happen. But uh, yeah, overall a good experience. You know, as the... uh, As I write the articles, we might talk about a few other things that come out at it uh, on future shows, but that was just kind of a run-through. Performance well, Center. awesome that, that DeMont gave you 45 minutes uh, in terms of talking to you. He was like so, that. He's so proud of the place. He's so proud Good. of what they, they've done there. You can tell that you know, getting Adam Rose on TV and getting the Wyatts and getting the Shield on TV and the prominent roles they're in has kind of given more motivation to DeMott and the coaching staff that what they're doing is working. And they just love the place. They're so proud of it. I got you know, to talk. And, and usually, you know, in, in prior years, something like this would be heavily guarded, where it's like, we don't want media oh, in here. So we don't guarded. want to see them. And I think that's awesome that, that you know, they're, you know, even on the lower level, that, that they're, they at least seem appreciative that people are paying attention to it. Absolutely. They want, they want eyes on it. And it's, uh, it was certainly a good experience. Got to, uh, Got to talk with Nick Dinsmore a little bit about how much Indiana sucks, but it's fun times. Luckily, he got out of Indiana. Good for him. Worked in there in Florida. But yeah, good experience. Uh, Watch those NXT shows because they are awesome. Don't necessarily need to watch the Monday Night War. I watched the Steve Austin episode today. Uh, I might as well just go back and watch the Steve Austin DVD because there was nothing new outside of that. Um. But yeah, that's I, I think unless there's anything else, Jeff, that's going to be our show for this week. Let's end it on a high note. End it on a high note. We'll talk about it a little bit more. We'll talk about the road to Hell in a Cell on our next show. Uh, NXT, anything else that comes up from the Performance Center, feel free to send your questions or comments on anything we talked about to at Shake Them Ropes or give us a call on our line 260-494-3811. You can leave a message, get your thoughts played on our show. Uh, for Jeff Hawkins, I'm Rob McCarron. We'll see you all next week. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.